This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590 AM, also available on 100.5 FM. I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of the city of Albany. We begin with constituent questions for the mayor. You can send in your questions to Kathy with a K at albanyny.gov. And a couple of uh, constituent questions. One is about internet access, but we begin with a question about smoking. A woman writes, I live at Nutgrove Gardens Apartments, owned by the Albany Housing Authority, which is a place I very much like living. But smoke is coming into my apartment through through vents and from in the hallway. Isn't there a new law that prevents smoking inside these apartments? Can you get the smokers to stop? If she does indeed live in uh, apartments that are owned by the Albany Housing Authority, and the board last year passed a regulation that applies to housing authority properties that prohibits smoking within apartments starting January 1st of this year. All of the units are now smoke-free. That impacts a total of 2,200 units. So, you know, there has been a lot of education and efforts to make sure that residents know that they're not to smoke and that they are complying with that. So the process is that she does need to make a complaint to the Albany Housing Authority if there is smoking that's occurring and there is a process that the Housing Authority has that they will follow through on those complaints in order to get compliance. And my first thought is, boy, that's hard to enforce. But now, I mean, people can't smoke in hotel rooms typically and so on and so forth. Well, yes. And most of the market rate apartments that um, we're seeing coming online prohibit smoking inside the units as well. People who are living in housing authority uh, units, you know, need to be able to have uh, assurances that they're not going to be exposed to smoke. We know of the impacts that it has, particularly on children, on asthma. And so, you know, this is really in line with what we're seeing happening across the country. And the constituent question number two about Internet access. As a paying residential customer with Tech Valley Communications since 2013, I've been informed that Albany Freenet is going to go away. Does the city have any plan for future local Internet service? I'm pleased to pay, especially from a local provider, when the alternatives are all national conglomerates. Well, Tech Valley Communications is actually now called First Light, uh, and that is a company that's really focused on commercial internet service for offices and not so much residential. So I can't speak to any individual specific package that they may have. But what I can say is that we are working to ensure that there is internet access that's affordable, that is available to all of the residents in the city of Albany. We recently hired a consulting company called Millennium Millennium Strategies, and they are coming in to help us um, really create a broadband tactical plan for the city of Albany so that we can ensure that uh, we've got internet service where we need for it to be. This is Talk of the Town with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. I'm Bob Cudmore. Some uh, stories in the news. I saw that the Alliance for Walking and Biking, which ranks cities for walkability, has ranked Albany number one for cities of its size. Yes. And, you know, I don't think people necessarily realize what a high percentage of our residents actually walk to work. It's one of the reasons that many people choose to live in Albany because we do have residences so close to people's workplaces. So we have a very high percentage of our residents that are walking to work and we are continuing to look at how we make investments to build on that walkability, livability factor. So complete streets, traffic calming, bike lanes, and we have a lot of work to do. I know that we really have to get moving on some of the initiatives like the um, traffic calming plan for Madison Avenue, which we hope we will be able to complete 
complete this year. And as we look at the warehouse district and infrastructure improvements that need to be made there, we need to look at, at bike lanes. And so, but it is really a great uh, shout out to the city of Albany and, and an acknowledgement that, you know, this is a place where you can put that car away and mm. be able to walk and to bike. Well, I do know someone, for example, who, who works at Albany Medical College and, and she walks to work. But isn't the big issue, or it just seems to me, the, the issue is the sidewalks, having usable sidewalks and have people take care of their sidewalks? Yeah, and we have we have sidewalks in Albany. So that is that infrastructure is already there. We don't have to create it. In the wintertime, we know that sometimes there's frustration around people shoveling those sidewalks. Mm, but, yeah. you know, we have um, a maintenance schedule with those sidewalks. If people call in and there's an issue with, um, as you know, we have a lot of trees. So trees are great, but sometimes the roots from those right. trees can cause heaving in the sidewalks. Um, and we encourage people to call those in so that we can come and, and replace those panels or shave them down if necessary. A second vote's coming up next Tuesday on a somewhat less costly plan to rebuild Albany High School. Voters rejected the proposal the first time. This week, uh, there was a meeting of the city's minority communities, and they endorsed the proposal. Do you support this high school reconstruction, and do you think it'll pass? I do support it, and here's why. The current facility that we have is not adequate, and we have a growing school district, which is good news. We're anticipating that we're going to have 3,000 students in our high school. We have more students that are graduating. We saw our graduation rate go up. It needs to go even higher, so we need to plan for those kids being in our building for all four years. And so the current facility that we have is not adequate, and we need to do this in a way that is going to meet the educational needs of the children in the city and be a high school that we can all be proud of. This is the capital of New York State. We should all be looking at our high school with pride, knowing that it has the tools that we need in order to really best educate our kids in the 21st century. So this is a plan that's spread out over a period of time that allows the district to maximize the match that they receive. As a matter of fact, the state will be paying for 65% of this building and Albany taxpayers will be paying for 35% of it. And my concern is that if we don't do this now and we have to do emergency repairs on this building, do it piecemeal, it is going to ultimately cost us more. And so I have been convinced now that they've gone back, taken a look at it, scaled it down a bit, that this is the most cost-effective plan for the district to make sure that we have a high school that we can all look to with pride and that we can be confident is actually meeting the needs of our students. The voters have already spoken on this once. I mean, why do you think they'll change their mind? Or Well, I think that this is a plan that is been scaled down. Mm -hmm. The impact is significantly less than the tax impact of the previous plan. You know, we're talking about for a house assessed at $100,000 a year, they're estimating it's about $14 a year in additional taxes on that house. So I think that this is a plan. And again, we can either do this now in a way that we can all be proud of that is going to result in a phenomenal high school, or we can incur the expense over a longer period of time doing emergency repairs and trying to put this building together and risk that we're not meeting the needs. And we know that we're not meeting the needs of far too many of the students in the district. And I think that's why you're seeing people from across the community, no matter what neighborhood that they're in, there's strong support for this in many, many neighborhoods in the city. And again, this is a common sense approach. And I think that it is the most fiscally responsible approach to moving forward and ensuring that we have a high school that's meeting the needs of our students. Albany's uh, Rap Road Landfill expected to be full by 2022. Times Union seems to be on this story, although that is you know a number of years off. They had an article 
political and editorial. But anyway, their story speculates on what happens after 2022 when the landfill closes. The city will not only lose the landfill revenue, apparently, will also have to pay to have its trash shipped and dumped uh, somewhere else. And the question they raise is, will Albany homeowners then have to pay for trash disposal uh, the way they pay for electricity, for example? The more you throw out, the bigger your bill. Well, and we are well on the way of exploring that. And we do understand that we need to have incentives in place to reduce the amount of garbage that people are ultimately disposing of in a landfill. We know that our residents can do better on recycling. We have some residents that are phenomenal recyclers, but we have too many that clearly don't believe that they have an incentive to recycle. So we are rolling out a pilot program this year, automating some of the recycling pickup with larger bins in a number of our neighborhoods. We're going to see how that goes and and look at adoption rates for that. And then we're also looking at longer term uh, shifting to a model where we are incentivizing people to put less garbage out on the curb. And the expenses the city faces include closing the old landfill. That's right. There will be an expense associated with the final closing of that landfill, and we need to plan for that. We are going to have the good news of all of the debt service associated with building that landfill will be paid off when the landfill closes. So rather than getting longer-term bonds that would have allowed us to make a smaller payment over a longer period of time, we will have the debt associated with the landfill paid off when the landfill closes. And that will help because, as you've noted, um, we are going to lose revenue. But at least we won't have bills to be paying on the landfill without that revenue. You're listening to Talk of the Town with the mayor of the city of Albany, Kathy Sheehan. I'm Bob Cudmore on Magic 590 AM, also heard on 100.5 FM. I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of Albany. We had the Iowa caucuses this week, uh, Mayor, and uh, Hillary Clinton had a razor-thin win over Bernie Sanders on the Democratic side in the order of finish for the GOP, Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, and Marco Rubio. The New Hampshire primary is coming up next week on Tuesday. What's your take on the national presidential race? Well, I think that, you know, we are in the early days of that. These are certainly interesting times. And, you know, the expectation is that um, certainly on the Democratic side that Bernie Sanders has a hometown advantage. He's from Vermont and so that he's got a lot of popularity in New Hampshire. But, you know, this is putting on my taking off my mayor hat and putting on my political hat. Um, I am a delegate for Hillary Clinton. And I hope to be nominating her uh, as the Democratic nominee for president at the convention this summer. Let's talk about politics of another another day, Hamilton and Albany. This is a story I've had some interest in. As you, as you know, I, I write history stories and I do a history podcast. And I've talked to the people at Schuyler Mansion about their connection to this story. And apparently the very popular hip-hop musical Hamilton has set records on Broadway. And now Hamilton Fever has come to Albany, where Alexander Hamilton's connections to the Schuyler Mansion is renewed interest, and the connection is that his wife was a Schuyler. Her name, Elizabeth, the second daughter of Philip Schuyler, a Revolutionary War general, and Catherine Van Rensselaer Schuyler. So, uh, I don't know if there's a question in there, Mayor, but what do you think of that? Well, I think it's great. You know, Albany, and I, I talk about it all the time, Albany has such a rich history, and we tell 
amazing stories. Things happened here that really set the course for our entire nation, you know, including Benjamin Franklin drafting the Albany Plan of Union here, which was the precursor to the Articles of Confederation. And now people are just learning that Alexander Hamilton probably wrote um, several of the Federalist Papers mm-hmm. right here in the city of Albany. And so I think it's wonderful that Schuyler Mansion is really catching the Hamilton fever. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it. It's phenomenal, but I don't think that I can afford to pay $1,000 for a scalp ticket. Yeah, and you can't get the tickets. Right, but I would encourage anybody who's interested in this, they can contact Schuyler Mansion. It's at 434-0834. They're doing tours, and we really need to take advantage of taking this story and making sure that Albany's part of it and peace in it. And and the fact that you can still go and touch Mm -hmm. and feel and, and walk in a place where Alexander Hamilton did some of his greatest thinking, uh, I think it is uh, just part of the phenomenal rich history of our of our very old and important city. I want to give a shout out to uh, Heidi Hill. I mean, she's the manager over to the uh, Skyler Mansion, and they're they're doing tours. And my understanding is they do them by appointment on a certain day of the week. But if you call that uh, number that you uh, just mentioned, you can find out. They do, and uh, you know, I will say one of the things that we need to do a better job of, and that we're working with all of our historic homes about, is how you navigate it and and how we can get some alignment of hours and some alignment of creating that experience so that when people come here, you know, if, if somebody is, uh, you know, spending a weekend saying, hey, I saw Hamilton and now I'd love to go up and see this Schuyler Mansion and they get on the train and come up here, we don't want them to be disappointed to mm-hmm. find out that it's not open or that right. they don't have access. And so that's something that I'm expecting a strategic plan to be released very shortly on heritage tourism and a real plan and organizational structure moving forward so that we can really capture these wonderful assets that we have and promote them. Albany Business Journal is conducting an online poll on whether the city of Albany should get its requested $12.5 million in extra state aid to balance the city budget. I, I, I gather that, um, I know you've publicized this poll, uh, on your Facebook page, and I gather that the, uh, people in favor of it are carrying the day in the business journal. Uh, I have not checked the numbers lately, but, you know, I would question why anyone would not want the capital city here in the region to be able to have the funds that it needs to put police on the streets, our EMTs on the front line who are, they're really the front line of medical care for many people living in our poorest communities. And to be able to continue to provide the regional draw that we provide with just events, our premier parks, there are people who are raising funds, whether it be in Colony or Gilderland, for various charitable organizations. They usually come here and they have their runs in Washington Park or, you know, along the Hudson River. And so we want to be able to continue to provide that. And I saw a quote for somebody who said, you know, Albany needs to live within its means. And I second that. We do need to live within our means, but our means need need to be on parity with other cities. And that has been the biggest challenge for the city of Albany is that we've lived within our means with far fewer means than I think could be expected of a city our size with some of the challenges and poverty rates and, you know, low home ownership rates that we have. I mean, we're into February now. I mean, uh, the clock is ticking. Have you heard anything from the uh, lawmakers and the, the governor about this? You know, we have been talking to lawmakers and to the governor's office. I think that we certainly have made 
litigate our case, and we uh, remain confident that the request that we've made is compelling and that this is about an investment. It's not just about a handout. It's about recognizing that this region is on the upswing. This region is creating and growing jobs, and we need to make sure that we can um, provide sort of that baseline of services and infrastructure to be able to continue that work going forward to continue to attract investment to a city that was just acknowledged as being one of the most walkable cities of its size. We need to build on that. And this is an investment that will allow us to build on that. Another project that's uh, going on in Albany is the uh, Civic Center construction, the Albany Capital Center, I believe it's called. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but a street downtown, Wendell Street, was has been closed because there's a crane there now to put the uh, steel sections of the construction in place or the convention center construction. How's the work progressing? It is progressing. I get weekly updates on the progress that's being made. And so far it is on schedule. I think they're getting close to being able to announce a firm open date, but um, at this time, it's still slated to be early in 2017. And as with anything, there is pain involved. I remember, you know, on a smaller scale when my husband and I had our kitchen redone and having to eat in the basement and with a microwave and a coffee pot, you know, there are growing pains and inconveniences. And I just uh, would encourage everybody to be patient because when it's done, it's going to be a phenomenal asset here in the region. And I think that businesses, residents, and everyone are going to benefit from it. In fact, one of the those uh, things that will be done to uh, help with the construction could affect a, a number of people, I would think. I, I was reading that the uh, walkway linking Empire State Plaza and the Times Union Center will close down uh, sometime in April for a while. That's what they're planning, and they're trying to reduce the disruption as much as possible. But again, in order to um, build the center and then replace that walkway, well, what they're going to do is create a walkway that is winterized, um, weatherized and will connect the Times Union Center, the new Capitol Center, and the Empire State Plaza, creating the largest, all of those combined, um, square footage of meeting space anywhere in the state. There was an opening downtown of the second Marriott Hotel on, on State Street. That's right. So there was a private hotel on State Street, very difficult to make a go of private hotels. And even though it remained open throughout this change in ownership, it is now a Marriott. And again, people with their Marriott points, love to stay in Marriott's, and we're really seeing, and the um, owners are saying that they're seeing a huge increase um, in their Marriott points users coming and staying downtown. It's very convenient. Again, mm-hmm. walkability. Um, people can just walk up the hill and walk right across the street, uh, interact with state government, do the business that they need to do, all staying right in downtown without the need to get in a car. This is Black History Month, and uh, next Tuesday there's going to be a program about Albany's Rap Road neighborhood. I mean, we were talking about the Rap Road landfill, but and this is also out in, what would you just call it, West Albany? or uh, out by, Well, it's, out in, the, in, the it's in the Pine Bush, yep. Honestly, I had not, was not aware that that's a significant African-American site. That's right, and this is on the other side. It is on the southern side of Washington Avenue, and it is a beautiful community that was settled and that reminded the people who had emigrated here during the Great Migration from Shibuta, Mississippi. It reminded them of home, and when you look at the photographs of, the, of Shibuta and what this area looked like when these families came here and started to settle there. It is striking how similar they were. And it really is a story of strong families of part of our African-American heritage and our chapter in the story of the Great Migration, which I don't know if you've 
uh, read the book The Warmth of Other Suns. It's a it's a wonderful telling of a real shift of the population leaving the Jim Crow South, oppression and, you know, really horrific conditions that they were subjected to under Jim Crow to try to find, you know, a place where they could be out of that environment. Um, and Albany was one of the places that they came to. So I would encourage people to come. It's a really fascinating story, a really uplifting story. And to see the um, generations of families that still call this area home uh, is a testament to the real roots that were uh, planted there. Just one more thing before we wrap it up. Uh, city officials honored Albany firefighter Chris Kalias for he was on vacation in New Orleans and he helped a woman who passed out during a cemetery tour because of his fire department training. That's right. He was uh, there and even though he was enjoying vacation with his family, I think, you know, once trained our firefighters do great things wherever they are. And he stepped in and we got a wonderful letter from the woman's family. Just so grateful that there was somebody there. And I often say that, you know, our firefighters, they do so much more than put out fires. Oftentimes they're that calming voice uh, when somebody is in the middle of uh, a very distressful time in their life and they do a wonderful job. Send in your questions to Talk of the Town to Ask Kathy with a K at albanyny.gov. You've been listening to Talk of the Town with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. Tune in again next week. Joining Mayor Sheehan will be Albany County Executive Dan McCoy.